0: everyone it's Angela Adelino with your natural dog and i have one of my favorite vets and i mean i say that it's i've only known him 6 months but it was love at first sight i met him at the american holistic veterinary association conference and i don't even remember i think we sat at a table together and mentioned the love of cannabis and mushrooms and psilocybin and the rest was history. I don't know. But man, does he have so much information and is always there to help. Uh, Dr. Bob Olbrich is on today. I always mess up his name because I always call him Dr. Bob. But he's on today and he's going to help us uh, find some natural solutions to our dog's allergies why uh, some of the convention medicines that are out there are just terrible for our dogs and make things so much worse. So stay tuned. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because you've been in practice for how long now?
1: Uh, Way too long. I graduated in 86, so however, 30, whatever years that is.
0: So I want to know how, what happened Back in the day, before some of these prescription medications existed and a dog came to you with allergies, you know, what would you do? What were you taught? What would you offer them? Because nowadays, a dog comes in and it's always diagnosed allergies. They never look at what's causing. Not, not a holistic vet. I'm talking about convention, of course. Not even an integrative. Sure. I'm talking about convention. And they're prescribed this god-awful drug called Apoquil, which I remember learning about it, seeing how awful it was, seeing it was how it was hurting most dogs that it was coming into contact with. I remember bringing it up to Dr. Zach and he's like, it's a great drug. What, what do you mean? What do you, what do you, how is there anything wrong with it? And I said, Zach, it's, you know, it's, look at the, look at the side effects and the cancer and the whatever. And he's like, wait a minute. You're so, and now it's fun because Zach's straight out of, you know, school. Zach knows Apoquil is something you're supposed to use for maybe one or two days in an emergency because you can't figure out what the heck's going on. So when he's learning that people are using this on a daily basis, he was blown away. So it's kind of funny. He's trained conventionally new. How did you see this come into the market and go, what? Like, (laughs) how did you deal with allergies back then?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, back in in my day, you know, what we were taught was to use steroids, which really aren't any better, you know, prednisone and things like that. They just just suppressing the immune system. If you don't have an immune system, you can't show symptoms. If you don't show symptoms, you look like you're better, but you're not. Uh, and when the when the steroids wear off, you know, they've, they've had an impact on the immune system. And so they typically are even more allergic or, you know, more whacked out than when you, before you started. So temporary improvement at the expense of long-term health. And of course, you know, that, that it's not just the allergies, but, you know, you need your immune system for a lot of things. And so, you know, more prone to infections and more prone to, you know, developing whatever, you know tumors or, or what have you if you don't have an immune system. Uh, and, you know, in an effort to find an alternative to steroids, they've come out with things like Apoquil and Cytopoint and, and, and uh, things like that. And, yes, great that they're trying to find an alternative. Unfortunately, the alternatives really are not any you know, better side effect wise, in fact, often even worse than the old steroid uh, route. So uh, yeah, even on the, their, uh, their package insert, if anyone bothers to read it, they list, uh, you know, vomiting, diarrhea, but, you know, lumps, uh, both malignant and benign tumors and uh, decreased uh, white cell count, decreased lymphocytes or um, neutrophils and monocytes and increased chance of skin diseases, uh, or skin infections.
0: And you better make sure your dog is healthy and doesn't have cancer because it's most likely going to make the cancer and whatever is wrong with your dog even worse.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, if they've got cancer, it, it, it'll uh, it's like throwing gas on a fire. If they don't have cancer, there's a good chance they'll develop it. So yeah, okay, they're not itchy, but is that a good trade-off? I'm not thinking so.
0: I don't think so too. And so do you see that you're finding, do you have a patients that come to you that are trying to get their dogs off of Apoquil?
1: Oh, absolutely. Off of Apoquil, off of steroids, off, you know, they're looking for a better approach. Uh, the whole Western medical approach to allergies is, uh, like I said, to, you know, suppress the, the symptoms. And, you know, symptoms are like the oil light on your car. If it comes on, you can either add oil to the engine or cut the wires leading to the light. Things like Apoquil, steroids are just cutting the wires you 're not you know doing the body actual any actual good, so you know we try and we try and get it you know what what is the cause of, of their inflammation and help support and heal their immune system, not suppress it uh, sometimes it's a longer, harder route to you know certainly you know steroids Apoquil, whatever it's quick it 's easy, and you know in the short term they look better and so there's clearly a, a draw to uh, using those things. But if you want good long-term health, you need a better approach. And it may take longer and it may be a harder road to, to travel, but you got to look at their diet. You got to look at, you know, what are you putting into their bodies? Are you over-vaccinating? Are you, uh, you know, suppressing their or, you know, whacking their system with uh, oh, flea treatments or, you know, heartworm or, or. uh Preventative, you know, there's all these these chemicals and drugs that go into the body. You know, some are worse than others. Uh, Heartworm preventative isn't the worst drug in the world by any means. And if you live in an area with lots of heartworm, yeah, you might want to use it. But anything like that that goes into the body can have its own set of side effects. And things sometimes just catch up with you after a while.
0: And I was going to say, I can imagine if they're coming to see you to get off of these things, and nine times out of ten, they're getting off of them because they don't see an improvement. They see things get worse. I guess there'd have to be some sort of detoxification from the drugs because then how the heck do you even know you're helping? Because now that the immune system's been suppressed, so usually things get a lot worse before they start getting better, right? Because your their immune system is going to hopefully kick back on and then go, whoa, <laughs>
1: yeah you can definitely get a rebound effect when you take them off as it's been so suppressed for such a long time, and then when yeah it comes back online and it's yeah they're they're way worse, so sometimes it's a it's a tricky balancing act to slowly wean them off and try to support them at the same time. It's certainly a whole lot easier uh, you know to start off you know treating these things holistically than to undo the damage that's been done with the, the uh, pharmaceuticals, and then try and heal the immune system.
0: Oh, I hear you there. So would you say the biggest culprit is what they're eating?
1: That is at least 50% of the problem, absolutely. You wouldn't believe what gets into these dog and cat foods under the name meat byproducts. That can be feathers, hair, hooves, beaks, things that are totally digestible, but it tests out as protein. Uh, it can also include um, tumorous tissue that's been condemned from the human food line goes into the animal food line. Uh, roadkill it goes into uh, rendering plants and rendered into meat byproduct. Euthanized animals. Animals
0: that have been put down and have the drugs still in them. Yeah.
1: The drugs, the, maybe the intermedullary pins from a, from a you know, previous surgery or the collar that they didn't bother to take off. So you've got heavy metal toxicity and the, the drugs that they were put down with, not only the drugs that the animal were on, but the euthanasia solution itself is in the veins and they get rendered into meat byproducts. I mean, it's bad enough that you're feeding dead dogs to dogs. But the euthanasia solution and all the other stuff that's in there, uh, I mean, it's bad enough from a, a moral perspective or whatever to feed dogs to dogs. But physiologically, it's not actually that bad, but all the drugs and chemicals and other things that get in there are definitely bad for their health
0: and then baked at such high temperatures and then all the preservatives and flavoring and coloring and all the synthetic shit that gets put on it so that the dog will actually eat it and it'll be shelf stable. I mean you really we we keep bringing up diet and food every single episode because of course it's so important. And those dogs they're getting it from their diet, they're getting it from the chemicals put on lawns. You know, cleaners that you clean your house with, the laundry detergent, they're being bombarded from it. So the last thing you want to do is put another chemical in them that's going to cause them harm.
1: Absolutely. And you've got to remember, these these guys are a lot closer to the ground than we are. So if you put, you know, the carpet cleaner or the, the lawn fertilizer or whatever, they're rolling on these things. They're walking on it and licking their paws. You know, it, it, it's one thing if, you know, we're walking on the carpet with shoes but these guys are a lot closer to it.
0: So what is kind of like the first step of when you see a, an allergic dog, what is like the first things you assess and go okay, he's obviously having an allergic reaction. Let's start with
1: diet. Absolutely. We start with diet. Get him off of the processed food. And and not and I'm not saying that all processed foods have all that the the byproducts and the and the the junk and the chemicals in there, there are certainly some good brands that you know, try and put out you know, a good product. But the best processed food in the world is still processed. And once you've canned it, kibbled it, cooked it, processed it, you've lost something. So I'm a big fan of feeding them food. Real food, what they'd be eating in the wild, their ancestral diet, which is raw meat and vegetable matter. They're not eating grains in the wild. They're not opening cans and bags of things. They're not sitting around the campfire roasting their rabbits. They're eating it raw, and that's how they've evolved over millennia to uh, you know, process and, and digest these things. So uh, they rely on the natural enzymes that are present in a raw meat that gets denatured and destroyed when you cook it, can it, kibble it, it, process it. And not to mention the other you know, glutamine and taurine and all these other things that get destroyed in the processing process. So get them off a processed food, at the very least a freeze-dried or air-dried food, which is minimally processed. The only nutrient that freeze-drying really impacts is the water, which is arguably the single most important nutrient there is. You die of lack of water sooner than you die of lack of anything else. But uh, you know that's that's one that's easy enough to add back in. So for travel, or you know, because people don't want to uh, you know deal with the ickiness of raw meat, you know, a freeze dried product is fine. But you know, really a raw meat diet, and there's lots of ways to do that. There's lots of companies now that are are providing making frozen raw foods that uh, you know that's getting pretty easily available all across the country.
0: So easily available, some of the, oh my gosh, I already forgot, wasn't it, Mars just bought their first raw food company. Yeah. So next we'll be having a podcast about what to watch out for with your raw food when it's owned by Mars. You know they're going to cut some corners there. I mean, it's amazing to me how many people think, um, oh shit, I forgot, the crap that's sold in the grocery store that everyone thinks is raw and it's deli meat. Fresh pet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that is just as processed. It's just in a different form, so people think that they're getting something fresh because it says it right on well, there.
1: It says right in the right. It's, not, it's in the title. It must be fresh. <laughs> it's it pictures must be of true. meat
0: and carrots, and and you can actually see the carrots in it. So it must be yeah. good food. But yeah, everyone needs to understand that this is a kind of a unregulated market that. It's a big money maker and people make lots of money by making these terrible foods. I just went to the Global Pet Show and I cannot believe how many every time I go there's a new food brand or a new food concept and there's um this is the one I like that I got this time. I got insect protein and vegan food, plant recipe, uh, all kinds of things coming up now that I'm just like, oh my gosh, our poor dogs, our poor yeah. dogs.
1: Yeah. Again, they're not eating a lot of insects in the wild, uh, you know, so it, I wouldn't call that their ancestral diet or natural diet.
0: I, I agree. What are some of the other things that are affecting dogs having out? Al- uh, allergic reactions, or what seems like allergic reactions, you know, where what I see is the biting of the paws, you know, till they're red, maybe biting of the butt, which is often fleas or a flea allergy, where people go, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what he's allergic to. And I'm like, fleas. No, there's no fleas on him. You're right. Yeah. There is no fleas on him, but a, ble- a flea bit him and he's having an allergic reaction to it. So, what are some other things that you see um, that pet parents could look out for?
1: Well, one of the most common things we see is is ear infections. So here, people have their mast cells, which are the cells that produce histamine, and that you know we take antihistamines when we have allergies. We have our mast cells in our respiratory system, you know, eyes and nose, and so we cough and sneeze and have runny eyes when we have allergies. Dogs have their mast cells more concentrated in their ears, armpits, and paws.
0: I didn't know this.
1: Indeed. Yes. So when they have allergies, they get itchy ears, itchy armpits, they chew on their feet. And, uh, and so the ears, when the ears are itchy and inflamed, they produce extra wax to try and soothe themselves. And then yeast come along and say, ooh, wax, that's a good food supply, and they start growing on the wax. The yeast are not the problem. If the yeast – oh, he's got a yeast infection. Well, it's, they're just secondary opportunists. Uh, there's yeast everywhere. If they were the problem, we would all be having yeast infections all the time. It's when you know, there's an opportunity for the yeast that they start to, to overgrow. So, you know, conventional medicine will put these, these antifungal medications and things to kill the yeast. If you take away the yeast food supply, the yeast go away. So I'll, I'll typically use uh, this enzyme-based product, um, Zymox, and it's, it's an excellent product. It, it enzymatically eats up the yeast or the, the sorry the the wax the wax uh the wax and then the, and then the yeast go away I mean you still have to deal with the underlying allergy but for the secondary infection that stuff uh you know work works really well so that that's kind of like what we typically see uh, with a lot of these allergies you know, is is they show up as a you know ear infection or itchy paws or you know, but you know they can be itchy all over and scratch themselves raw. You know these these hot spots that they get and just they're so intensely itchy. And the more they scratch, the more they itch, and uh, it can be miserable for these poor dogs. And uh, you know what's uh, you know what's happened? You know is, is uh, you know their their immune system has gotten sensitized, oversensitized. It's gotten whacked. What whacks the immune system? Well, really one of the biggest things besides you know the all the junk that's in their food is overdoing it with the vaccines. And I'm not saying, you know, don't vaccinate, but the vaccines are so grossly overused. They're used way too young, in too many combinations with other things, uh, and repeated too frequently. So uh, dogs, uh, dogs and cats, their, their immune system isn't actually even up and running until about 12 weeks of age. That's why they have the maternal antibodies, the, the antibodies from their mom's milk, uh, until about 11, 12 weeks of age. Because they don't have their own immune system running yet, so vaccinating them before that age, uh, and most vets start vaccinating at, at you know eight weeks or, or whatever. A lot of breeders say, oh, if eight weeks is good, six weeks or four weeks is even better, and you know they don't have the immune system to process the vaccine, and so consequently, yeah, you need to repeat the vaccine over and over again until their immune system is finally mature enough to actually process it. Meanwhile. You're damaging the immune system as, as you put all these antigens into the system and the immune system is trying its hardest to deal with it. Oh. So we let their mom's antibodies do their job and then we start the vaccines single virus at a time. We'll start with a single parvo. And we give it with a homeopathic remedy to help, uh, you know, keep side effects to a minimum.
0: Ah, oh, I love that.
1: And then, you know, let them process that for a couple of weeks. Then we'll give them a you know single distemper shot. Let them process that for a couple of weeks, and then we run an antibody titer test, a blood test to check their antibody response to the vaccine. One vaccine of each, typically at the right age, without dumping a whole bunch of other things in there to confuse the immune system. They'll typically have a have a great response, and then we run that t- titer test periodically. Uh, to make sure they're maintaining their protection. Nine times out of 10, vaccinate them correctly. That way with minimal vaccines, their immune system provides a, a, an antibody response for the rest of their life. Most dogs don't need the boosters. And yet everybody gets vaccinated with everything every year because 10% of them might need one of those things 8 or 10 or 12 years down the line
0: makes no sense
1: so that constant abuse and and, uh, and uh, you know irritation to the immune system year after year after year is is a big uh, culprit in in where a lot of these these allergy issues have come from so I mean, a way to to avoid the allergies raw food diets don't over vaccinate most likely you won't have the allergies develop. I mean, there's certainly still other, you know, genetics that come into play and other things that come into play. But, you know, 90%, I would say, of the allergy problems could be avoided just by doing that.
0: Ah, that's, I love it. And I practice that on my farm all the time. So it is definitely a true statement and something that can be achieved. I don't want to scare the listeners who have you know have either are on a processed diet or have tried Apoquil or are on Point, which I know some of you are so we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to talk about the steps you can take to maybe detox and start that change because you can repair their immune system especially if you've got a young dog you really can make a difference by stopping and detoxifying them now so when we come back we'll talk about that.
1: if you're like us your pets are part of the family that's why at cbd dog health we created a line of human-grade full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friends needs whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks arthritis from old age or even seizures and cancer research shows that a high quality cbd oil can make a big difference for them enter coupon code radio at cbddoghealth.com for 15 percent off your first order That's R-A-D-I-O, CBD dog health, healing naturally.
0: And we're back with your natural dog with Dr. Bob. And we're talking about allergies, how to stay away from Apoquil and Cytopoint. Are there any others? I mean, I know antibiotics get prescribed for everything. I just don't get it. It's really funny because you know, before I did this, I, I had a magazine, a family magazine, and I talked about the overprescribing of antibiotics on children on a regular basis. And now here I am working with dogs, and it's the same damn thing.
1: Yeah, and and they do have their use. I, I, I mean, I don't want to you know say oh never, never never use an antibiotic. I mean, if you've got a kidney infection, yeah, it can be life saving. Right. But to throw antibiotics at everything that has an inflammation, yeah, the 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 idea is, okay, inflammation equals infection equals needs antibiotics. It doesn't really pan out there's lots of reasons to be inflamed you can get secondary infections that have nothing to do with you know or don't need antibiotics you just take care of the you know the underlying problem so and then the antibiotics of course don't care who they kill they kill the good bacteria along with the bad and you end up with dysbiosis and problems from using the antibiotics so it's not that we don't use antibiotics we just use them judiciously and uh you know in in cases where it's appropriate
0: and when they'll help yeah, when right. they'll help. Right. So, if we've got a listener who is on one of these drugs and wants to kind of get off of them, can we detox and can we rebuild the immune system and then figure out what the problem is?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of things that you could do. First of all, I mean, you know, stop the stop the over vaccinating. Stop the the you know the junky diets and all that, because otherwise you're never going to really get anywhere. But, uh, as far as rebuilding yes yeah, so you want to you know detox you know support the liver uh you know support the you know the gut to detox and there's there's certainly a lot of nutraceuticals and herbal medicines and things that can uh, certainly help to do that uh, milk thistle is, is very good for helping the liver to detox for example uh, and there's glandular supplements like uh, the standard process livaplex i i use frequently but as far as helping to to support the immune system Standard process uh, again. I've been using that company for uh, 30 years uh, before they even had a veterinary line. I was using their human line on on animals. They now have a, a nice uh, you know line of, of veterinary products, but I I still use the human Allerplex uh, very for, for for many many of my itchy cases. Uh, it, you know, and, and and it's not going to uh, you know take away the itch. 100% like that overnight the way a shot of steroids will but it is so much better for the immune system and the the the, the uh, you know effects are are so much better you know down the line
0: and is it it's a an herbal blend is that what um it is it's a, a
1: combination of nutraceuticals, uh, a whole, they put a whole bunch of different things in there that, that help support the immune system. But they also make things like canine immune system support, which is a great product, uh, and we'll often use that. Uh, I think the Allerplex is more, you know, it's kind of specifically focused on how the, on supporting the immune system when it's imbalanced in an allergic sort of way. Uh, if you want general immune system support, I certainly use the canine immune system support product uh, all the time. So there's there's products like that. There's also things like quercetin, which kind of acts like a natural uh, and a in a way.
0: You know, quercetin is in is in cannabis. It's in hemp.
1: Yes, and and there. Uh, speaking of which, uh, that that's another product that we use. Natural anti inflammatories such as. Cannabis, and of course you have the the you know the premier company uh, that that makes you know the, the oh, best stuff. <laughs> no, I got to tell you, I mean when I, I met you what six months ago or whatever it was, um, at the um, uh,
0: AHVMA
1: AHVMA annual conference, there was it, it seemed like about uh, half of the of the vendors were were, were cannabis distributors. And I, you know, checked out most of them. Yours, your company stood out head and shoulders above the top, uh, above all the rest. Uh, you had more knowledge and, and had a, you know, a clearly superior product to the others. Thank you. So I, I really got to hand it to you what you've done with the uh, CBD uh, dog health products.
0: Thank you. That means a lot coming from you.
1: Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's uh, I mean every word of it. I we we switched over from the cannabis product that we were using uh to yours and I and I've and not that other cannabis products don't have effects uh, or you know they they you know there's certainly some good in in a lot of you know but um uh I've been you know super pleased with the results that we've seen. And uh, I use a lot of the the ease uh for as a general anti-inflammatory. And of course, you know the other products for you know with cancer and 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 other conditions. So that's definitely a big part of of my protocol as well. I, I'd say a, a lot of my my uh, allergy cases are uh, you know respond to you know what I've just, you know the you know the diet and and um, uh, Allerplex and, and quercetin, fish oils, uh, cannabis, things like that, you know, can certainly help. There's certainly uh, some cases that it, they've just been so whacked or they're you know, in such bad shape that you know we only get halfway with those things. So the other approach that I use is I will do allergy testing. I'll send in it's a it's a um, a blood test that I use uh, Varal veterinary allergy reference lab is the one that I use, although there certainly are, are others. Uh, but I've had good response with uh, with these people. Uh, they do a variety of inhalants, you know, grasses, trees, molds, pollens, human dander, you know, dogs. And cats can be allergic to people, just like people can be allergic to dogs and cats.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, that's that's a particularly tough one to avoid. You know, uh, uh, obviously, you know, the food uh, do a food panel, and, and and those are relatively easy to avoid in their food. Although, you know, that doesn't cure their allergy. To, if they've got a uh, you know a beef allergy, avoiding beef doesn't make mean that you're no longer allergic to beef. You're just not showing the symptoms. So it's kind of like symptomatic you know treatment. But you know, it, it, it certainly is good to avoid if you're allergic to it. Although, just getting back to the food thing again, I mean, you know, part of the food allergy problem is that the food is less digestible uh, when it's processed. When you destroy the enzymes, you can't digest those proteins down into small enough pieces, so they end up uh, absorbing larger chunks of protein into their system. And it's the large chunks of protein that irritates the immune system. So if you could have, if you could digest those proteins down to the little amino acids, those are too small to affect the immune system and you can't be allergic to them. So uh, that's why raw foods with natural enzymes is more digestible less allergenic and i've known dogs that had say of you know a beef allergy that actually re, you know reacted to canned beef kibbled beef cooked beef but handled raw beef fine that doesn't always happen i mean sometimes they're just so allergic to beef or whatever even raw they'll, they'll react but it happens frequently enough that it I mean, really shows what a what a difference that the, you know the diet can make but uh i digress uh, getting back to the allergy test. <laughs> oh, no, it makes! <laughs>
0: I love it. It makes sense. I make sense. So, yeah, they get an allergy test, and then you can have some clue what to avoid.
1: Yes, if if it's avoidable.
0: And this is after you, yeah, you've basically fixed the diet or, and and gotten out maybe other chemical irritants, and we're not over-vaccinating, and we're still having an issue. Then this allergy test is going to kind of help you steer away from some things.
1: Absolutely. Either steer away if it's steer awayable, if that's a word. But like, if you've got a a human dander allergy or uh, you know house dust, I mean, yeah, you can put electrostatic filters on your furnace or and and try and keep the dust to a minimum. But realistically, how are you going to avoid the pollens that are just everywhere in the air in the spring, or 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 the you know the house dust or the molds that are just everywhere in, in my part of the country this time of the year? Everything's moldy, so it's, you just can't avoid it. So what do you do? Well, I will I will treat uh, some of those cases with isodes, which are homeopathic preparations of the things that they're allergic to. And uh, well, we have uh, you know whole uh, you know all the things that that, uh, that this company tests for. We have homeopathic preparations of the different grasses, the different trees and uh, molds and all that. stuff. Even, and even human dander will have a uh, uh, homeopathic preparation of human dander.
0: So is that kind of like it's acting like a vaccine where you're taking a little bit of something so that the body learns how to like react to it? Kind of. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I
1: hesitate <laughs> to equate it with a vaccine. <laughs> But it it is kind of the idea that it, it's, it's, uh, you know, helps the body to, uh, you know, to deal with these things without, you know, over overwhelming it. And, uh, and we, we do a, a process that i 've developed where we you, you ramp them up, you start them off with five drops on the first day and six drops on the next, and uh, you work your way up to fifteen drops, and then you work your way back down to five and then maintain them at five drops a day and I would say you know two thirds of these um, really stubborn cases respond really well to that uh, some of them some of them you can 't get down to five g you know, they 're doing really good by the time you get to fifteen, but when you get down to eight drops, they start getting itchy again, in which case, okay, you maintain them at nine drops a day or 10 drops a day or whatever it is that keeps their, their itch under control. And it's a much better way, obviously than, 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 trying to, to, uh, you know, deal with these things with Apoquil or steroids or whatever There's there's no side effects. It's not going to, you know, and over time uh, it can actually cure the allergy. I've had cases where, you know, they were on the, these allergy drops for, three years say, and, and, uh, they were doing well. And then the, uh, they start getting itchy again and it's like, Hmm, what's going on? Well, let's rerun the allergy test. Uh, lo and behold, half or three quarters of the things that they were allergic to, the numbers are much lower, but now they're unfortunately allergic to, uh, you know, six or eight or 12 other things. So we have to reformulate the drops.
0: Wow. Interesting. So if someone's trying to find a, someone who's doing what you do, A, can they do telehealth with you? Can they contact you and and do a consultation? They can.
1: We are, like everyone, really busy these days. Super busy. Yeah, (laughs) we've we've had to unfortunately really uh, uh, limit our our new clients, but we do have a waiting list that we're working our way through. We'll try and get you in when we can. Uh, But unfortunately, it's not easy. So if
0: someone wants a, a vet like you... They love what, what you have to say. They love this. What kind of vet are they looking for? A homeopathic? They,
1: well, homeopathic would be, I think, the ideal. I mean, that's what, my, my biggest love is, is homeopathy. But um, basically, someone who is thinking outside the box, uh, doing more natural treatments, Recommending raw diets, not recommending, not over-vaccinating. Where are you going to find these people? Uh, well, there's an organization called the Holistic uh, uh, Veterinary, or what's it called? A H V M A. American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, A H V M A. And you can go to A H V M A org, and there's a find a vet thing you can click on for the different states. Now. That doesn't guarantee, just because they're listed there, doesn't guarantee that they're good or that they're even particularly holistic.
0: It they, does they, not. They
1: may have learned some acupuncture, exactly. but they're still, you know, tr- practicing pretty conventionally. I mean, that's a step in the right direction. And I
0: like that you said that. I have, yeah, I have a vet across the street, and she is listed on there, and she's called East West, and I can guarantee you there is no East happening <laughs> over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when I walked in for acupuncture, she was like, oh, oh, someone, uh, do we, can we still, do we do that That kind of thing? So, yes, absolutely. It's a good start, but you still need to do your research and you still need to contact them and ask them what you're looking for. And guess what? You want to get them off Apoquil? That's a great call. They're going to love that call when you say, I need help um, with getting my dog off Absolutely. And they'll be able to help you do it.
1: Another great uh, source is the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy, the A-V-H dot org, org. That would be specifically veterinary homeopaths, which I think are the cream of the crop. But uh, I mean, any, anyone who's in that group, I think, you know, would certainly be very holistically minded and uh, would be on board for you know the raw diets and all the things that I'm talking about.
0: I'm, I love that you're saying this because I'm sure there's some listeners out there who feel like they've tried everything, and I feel like this is something maybe they didn't even know about. So thank you so much for sharing. Those of you who do want to try CBD Dog Health's ease for your dog um, if, to see if that helps his allergies, uh, we're doing a 15% off if you use the word allergy at CBDdoghealth.com. And Dr. Bob, thank you so much. I'm going to have to find another reason to have you on again because... You gave us so much awesome information and I appreciate you so much.
1: Be glad to be on again and see your lovely face anytime.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at cbddoghealth.com consultations.
1: Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YND podcast at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.